November 13th. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Polk Runyon. And tonight we present a discussion on the relationship between the mystic roses or chakras of yoga and the seven seals of the book of Revelation in the Bible. Now, this is of special interest to Rosicrucians and uh, the Rosicrucian tradition in our own inner order, the ORC of the Greater Repos Reformato. We will follow the order of the seven-branch candlestick, as does the Golden Dawn, but we will mention other arrangements, such as suggested by James Pricey in 1910, in his Apocalypse Unsealed, and his current imitator, Zachary Lansdowne, in his The Revelation of St. John, 2006. Now, Revelation has been the cornerstone of Christian mystical texts since the first century of the Common Era. So, if you want to discover what those seven seals are hiding, then, as we said in the abstract, Tune in, and let's open them up. All right, now we will have uh, uh, Frater Solomon uh, calling in at some point, and, uh, and he, of course, is, uh, quite frankly, more of an expert on the Book of Revelation than I am. And, uh, in fact, he's... Uh, uh, Frater Solomon, are you there? I am here. Oh, that's great. Now, uh, as I just said, you are more of a... Uh, scholar on the book of revelation than i am so uh, so we will uh, we will see if we can't uh, uh, see if we can't uh, 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 discuss uh, the uh, the mysterious seven seals uh, from the standpoint of of our hermetic yoga system and also uh, the other yoga systems uh, the more eastern oriented as have been uh, detailed by by uh, james uh, Pricey, and more recently by Zachary Lansdowne. Let me mention that both James Pricey uh, and Zachary Lansdowne are both, theosoph- both theosophists. And uh, Zachary Lansdowne's most recent book, uh, This uh, Apocalypse Unsealed, came out in 2006, The Revelation of St. John. Uh, now, Pricey... Um, and both of these uh both of these uh, gentlemen under the uh, under the um influence of uh uh the uh Hindu system which quite frankly uh we have reason to believe that the Hindu arrangement which uh does which which does make its way into the golden dawn via the paths now now that system probably was inspired by alchemy and astrology from the West originally, uh, and uh, and uh, they they have a different uh, way of lining up the psychic centers uh, along the, the chakras than we do. Uh, now, um, to get right on into this, though, uh, the main the main uh, correspondence are what are referred to as the seven seals. And uh, that's about uh, that's about two-thirds of the way through the book. The book of Revelation is divided, as uh, Zachary Lansdowne has pointed out. It's divided into sections, and it repeats itself. In other words, uh, according to the way Lansdowne breaks it down, and he and I think he's right here, that first uh, that first they 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 set the system out, and then they amplify it in in two succeeding, they're not exactly chapters, but they're they're sections of the book, uh, and they first uh, lay it out according to the the churches in Asia, uh, and. Uh, uh and that of course is also lined up with uh with the seven branch candlestick now the seven branch candlestick uh is is also the septogram and uh in the golden dawn we have a uh uh we have a uh, septogram uh scroll a diagram which has the churches and the planets right around the points 
Uh, and I, I rendered a, I rendered that scroll years ago for for our Golden Dawn Temple, and uh, I'm going to uh, reproduce that scroll with the churches on it uh, uh, in calligraphy uh, in the, in in our book when we do it on this on this chapter. Uh, now, uh, Michael, uh, you want to talk about uh, um, uh, the first section here where we're where we're talking about the churches and. Uh, you had a you had a breakdown on 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 the churches as as they uh, as 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 they relate to the uh, uh, to the seals. Uh, do you want to you want to discuss that a little bit? Uh, yeah, uh, Revelations is um, like you said, it's uh, written in segments. Um, the series of re- uh, of seven repeats itself five times. First, you have the seven churches. Second, you have the seven seals being broken. Third, you have um, the trumpets blasting, and then fourth, you have the vials of plagues being spilled, and they're all in sets of seven. And then you also have a, a section, I'll get into it a little bit later, called the seven personages. Um, and everything, if you line everything up into um, four columns, the um, you can leave the personages out, but you start with the church, seal, trumpet, vial. You can see that there's a progression in each chakra. And... Um, what this is, is when the ancients looked at the sky, they started, uh, the moon appeared to be the closest. You go further out, you'd reach Mercury, then you'd reach Venus, uh, then you'd reach the Sun, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. And um, the pattern that the seven churches follows um, is, is really good when you're establishing a church. In, in our instance, it would be the o- OTA. These are the things that um, happen as you grow. Uh, you start at your first stage at the bottom with a, a backslidden church. And, and that's a church that, um, this is the first church. If you read it, um, I'm not going to list off the names, but I'll give you the description of what each of these churches are. And then everyone listening, you'll be able to get how one stage progresses on the other. You start with a church that's backslidden. It's just getting started. Um, people don't have the impression that, that it's something strong and that it needs to be built up. Um, and then, uh, you know, you move into Mercury. You start building your creativity. You start growing it. That's when you become a persecuted church. You start getting a little bit bigger there's going to be some people who don't like you. Um, Then the church starts growing. The social energy really starts getting good. You move into the Venus energy, and that's when you have a a licentious church, a church that's just kind of having people saved by grace, whatever, let's do whatever we want. Um, We can get away with uh, being mean to some people. We have our religious organization supporting us, so we have license to do things. And then we move into the fourth uh, sphere, which relates to the sun, uh, that's when everything's really good, and you have a church that becomes a lax church. And now this is where Jezebel comes in. And uh, we correspond Tifereth with, um, it's the heart chakra, right, folks? Yeah. So uh, we yeah. hear Jezebel's coming in, and it kind of, it would throw you off because you think, well, wait, that's 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 associated with uh, Venus. Uh, now what we have to understand is Revelations, it really... Um, it bases itself really on very much on Mars and Saturn. You have a lot of death and you have a lot of war. And, and that's uh, Revelation's two color things are white is good and red is bad. And um, you have other colors sprinkling themselves in. But really what Revelations is about is hacking all of these um, seals open. So um, I'll get into the seals later if you want, folks, but I'll just focus on the churches now. Um, you move into Mars. Um, oh, Jezebel, by the way, she is um, mentioned in the heart chakra, and uh, that throws people off uh, because one of the things that Revelations is talking about is conquering your lust. And uh, Jezebel, you know, you talk, we talk about our heart being led astray, and that's an actual correspondence. Our heart is let being me, led astray. Let, 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 let me, let me uh, 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 Michael, let me interrupt you just a little bit here. Uh, uh, Jezebel, as as uh, I am sure most of our uh, listeners are aware, was in the Old Testament a Canaanite princess who, or priest and or priestess, who married Ahab. Uh, you know, Ahab uh, with the, with the ivory leg, who who uh, ended up wrapped up with the white great white whale. Well, yeah. uh, Ahab, <laughs> Ahab uh, uh, you know, got he had a bad he. He he was a he was a Hebrew king who uh, who at that time made the made the very 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 bad religious political error 
of marrying a uh, a titled Canaanite woman, who uh, who proceeded to, according to the way the Ezra was writing the whole thing up, uh, uh, became very uh, you know corrupted by by Jezebel. So Jezebel has become like Delilah, and Jezebel, who was another who was a Philistine, of course, but yeah, Jezebel. It becomes almost a symbol of of uh, of uh, Canaanite uh, uh, of Canaanite corruption, female corruption, uh, in other words, a priestess of Astarte, obviously, and uh, and frankly, to tell you the truth, uh, all through this this is typical of John of Patmos, who who wrote uh, the Book of Revelation, or at least as far as we know, he wrote it. And he was uh, he was more of a misogamist than than Paul, if anything. He hated women, and and especially and especially attractive women. And and so here we have probably I think with Jezebel we have a Canaanite uh, a Canaanite woman who was involved in the church, and and you know and. And for heaven's sake, uh, both Jesus and Mary were both Canaanites anyway, and Mary Magdalene. And and so I just—it looks like Jezebel is uh, is following right along. Uh, and and I I can see—I don't know whether whether you see this or not—but I see in the way John of Patmos is acting uh, through all through here about about uh, uh, lust and and whatever. Uh, even to the point of, of, uh, of making the city of Rome into a into a symbol of, of, of lust and calling it the horror of Babylon, uh, the you, you you get this this anti this anti feminine anti sexual uh, element, uh, and and so frankly, I I'm not whoever this Jezebel woman was who, who was a prophetess and whatever and was very active in that church. I she probably wasn't uh, from our perspective. She was probably uh, uh, probably a very uh, you know a very uh, um, uh, very fine lady and a priestess and probably and probably thought she was she was uh, you know doing Mary Magdalene's work. Uh, and I don't know what you uh, what you think about that, but I think Patmos was probably you know he he was very upset about that. If she was giving people giving people the kiss of agape up there at the altar or something like that, she probably, he probably really resented that. Uh, so I'm not so so uh, my I'm not so mad at Jezebel, uh, and uh, uh, yet if she's in Tipperet, and that that of course follows the Tipperet order. If you recall, uh, uh, Mike Downs and his. Uh, in his uh, following Gitchell's spiral and his Rosicrucian uh, 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 right, we get we end up moving uh, Mary Magdalene up into Tipperet alongside of Jesus, who supplants Baal. Jesus is the last of the dying gods, you know, and he so he and Mary Magdalene uh, would be uh, would be holding the throne in Tipperet. And and so so uh, I'm seeing I'm seeing it that way. I'm not seeing it as as uh, Jezebel is anything terrible. Uh, how does that sound to you? Uh, well, when I was analyzing Revelations, what I was trying to do is, if we're going to apply this to ourselves spiritually, um, I, I don't want to. I, I wouldn't want to protest everything that John spews out. Uh, that does make sense. Uh, the kiss of agape, I really can't see if, if John knew Jesus or knew someone who knew Jesus, if he wasn't John the, the Beloved. And um, I, I don't think he'd have a problem with the kiss of agape, I, but I do think he would have a problem with promiscuity in the church. Um, yeah. Now, these guys were certainly more sexually repressive than we are now and more sexually repressive than we need to be. Um, but when I was when I was analyzing these, I was trying to say, okay, how can how can we apply revelations to ourselves in a good way? How can we break the seven seals in a way yeah. that's comfortable? Because John is um, that's the one book that when I uh, I used to listen to the New Testament going to sleep, and if I was ever listening to John, uh, I, I'd kind of have nightmares. Oh, <laughs> so, well, nightmares, John, all right. You're right. Yeah, of course. The original, the original Jezebel, as you remember, the original uh, Lady Jezebel uh, was eaten by the dogs. 
They right. they stoned they stoned her and they left her out there to be eaten by the dogs and so so uh, yeah so so she the original Jezebel came to a bad end and this and John was threatening this Jezebel with death and death to her children and everything else. He's uh, really really very violent about it. Uh, uh, but uh, you know uh, 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 so we got we got the churches. What I what I really want to point out though here is that the original order and I I, I per, from my reading and all the way through I think that the seven branch candlestick is the key to the arrangement and I think it's it follows that it's the key to the arrangement all the way through I think that that and of course the golden dawn would agree with that and uh, and. Uh, uh, and Gitchell's uh, 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 Universal Man would agree with that. And curiously enough, James Pricey has in his book, Apocalypse Unsealed, he has a drawing directly taken from the book of Revelations, a drawing of Jesus with seven stars in the palm of his right hand and a flaming sword coming out of his mouth. And alongside of Jesus, he has the planets coming down, not in the order that he does, he, he has in the book at all. Not that Hindu order at all, he has them in the Western order, coming down, starting with Saturn and coming right on down to the moon. And uh, you, you, uh, did you ever find your copy of uh, Apocalypse Unsealed, or is it still buried under a pile of books? Um, I'm I'm still waiting for that book to to come. I did get uh, what what I got for you was Clarence Larkin's book. I, I bought a second copy for you, and it has the Book of Revelations really well ordered, so you can see those seven repeating um, uh, symbolisms. Like like Mars, for example, this will kind of make sense if we put Mars as the angel. You know, we go Moon, Mercury, Venus, Sun, Mars. Um, yeah. The church that Mars that, that is in the fifth place is a dead church because. Um, we have martyrs. Everyone's been killed when you have the uh, fifth seal opened. And then you have locust soldiers of the abbess. Again, that's fifth seal. You have your soldiers. And then you have, uh, ultimately, it ends in darkness, which is, you know, if you keep killing, you keep in war, then um, you're going to face the darkness of death. Jupiter's your favorite church. That makes sense with all the, the fortune that Jupiter offers. And then yeah. you, have Saturn, yeah. you have your wealthy, lukewarm church, which is, where a lot of churches, when they develop that, you know, they they've amassed a lot of wealth and they've been around for a long time. But everything, um, yeah. everything you said, Polk, it follows in that pattern. Where if you line everything up in seven columns, it, you can really get the sense that the that the first the first church, the first seal, the first trumpet, and the first vial all correspond to each other, and each one's the next step on the other. Right. And uh, well, in order to catch anybody up here who who isn't hasn't been following what we've been talking about for the past uh, couple of weeks here, we've been talking about uh, about the western uh, the western chakra arrangement as opposed to the eastern chakra arrangement. And you need to understand that in the eastern arrangement, they place the moon and the sun and Mercury in the head. Now that is that's the Eastern arrangement, and they can make some good arguments for that. They they they, they uh, uh, not just uh, the Hindus themselves, but but uh, but Pricey and and, and Lansdowne, they can make they can make some good arguments for that, uh, and uh, uh, good alchemical arguments that are primarily based on alchemy rather than uh, than than uh, straight planetary sequence. But uh, the the uh, the thing that uh, that I am concerned with is that uh, with this is, and this is this is the this is the key to this whole thing. I think that the chakras are established by the lightning flash on the way down. This is the creative force, God God's power, the lightning flash coming down from the top coming down from Kether and establishing these these seals and 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 establishing them all the way to the bottom. Then what what then the the object of the soul at this point and this is something that that that, that neither Pricey or 
uh, Lansdowne deal with it all is the is the climbing back up. When you climb back up from you know you, you know you arouse the Kundalini in our case the dragon, and you come back up, and then you open up these seals on the way up and you master them. You master these various. Uh, well, you're mastering the spheres of the tree of life. In other words, you're coming up. You're following. Yeah, you're you're following the lightning flash back up, literally, and and uh, uh, this is somewhat different than than the idea of the Manuta Mundum with the lightning flash coming down and then the snake coming back up, touching all the paths, and that's uh, that that that. So we're not doing that. We're not touching all the paths. We're, we're following we're following the course of the flaming sword or the lightning flash coming back up. And the so uh, the ascension. In other words, it's 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 kind of a powa. In a way, it's a sort of a powa operation. You're you're replicating death and 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 uh, and and ascension up 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 to heaven. And you're going up through Saturn. In other words, we start creation at Saturn. That's the start of the physical universe on the way down. And then we go all the way down. And we we uh, wake up the dragon, we mount the dragon, we ride the dragon back up, and we go all the way up to Saturn, and uh, and there, now in our tradition, there when we get up to Saturn, we find the fallen angels imprisoned in in the mountain, in the dark mountain in Saturn and Daoth, and they are they are unbound, and there is something in in the book of Revelation about about Satan being bound and then released in a thousand years. Uh, so in this case, uh, the, the allegory of the fallen angels, as you know, the ultimate allegory is we are the fallen angels. And so we're going all the way. We're, we're bound. Uh, we're, we're bound in, 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 in Saturn on the way down. And then we come back up and master each of the chakras. And then we go and then, then we release uh, we release our imprisoned spirits in the mountain, and we make our final ascent. Now, uh, something I want to point out here is that um, there is, of course, we're all waiting for this new gospel of Jesus and Mary Magdalene to see what, 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 how that comes out. That should be out in a few more days. But uh, I want to point out that uh, this ascension that I'm talking about here is detailed in the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. Now, uh, uh, have you have you looked at that copy of the Gospel of Mary Magdalene yet, Michael? Uh, I only had a chance to look at it when when you were here. Um, I don't think I have my own copy unless it's in. I've got a lot of Gospels. If it's in the Gospels or uh, what book is that in? Uh, okay, look, I'm I'm going to read it uh, now. Uh, it's very short. The Gospel of Mary Magdalene is very short. It's in the Nagamati uh, collection. It was oh probably written, it, this Gospel was probably written after John of Patmos, after Revelation was in circulation. It was probably not very long after, about 100 years after it was written. Now, here's the way it goes. Uh, Jesus is, has passed on and uh, been resurrected. And Peter and 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 all the boys get together and and uh, with Mary Magdalene, and Peter asks Mary. He says, "Mary, you know, he loved you more than he loved all the rest of us, and he's closer to you. What did he tell you? Did he tell you something that he didn't tell us that you could impart to us?" And and Mary Mary agrees, and uh, and then. Uh, and then she says, all right, she says, I'll tell you what he told me. And uh, and so she says, uh, I find it here. I got um, I got a, a printout of Mary's gospel here, if I can, if I can find it here. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Um, four powers. And uh, it's well, on page yeah, what she says is this. Uh, see, he answered and said to me, Blessed are you that you do not waver at the sight of me, for because she's receiving him in a vision. For where the mind is, there is there is the treasure. 
And I said to him, Lord, now does he who sees the vision see it through the soul or through the spirit? And the Savior answered and said, He does not see through the soul nor through the spirit, but the mind, which is between the two. That is that is what the vision sees. Uh, and uh, and so the first the first he the first uh, power he that he uh, um, he confronts here is desire. And desire said, "I did not see you descending, but now I see you ascending. Why do you lie, since you belong to me?" And the soul answered and said, "I saw you, but you did not see me, nor recognize me. I served you as a garment, and you did not know me." And when it had said this, it went away rejoicing greatly. And again, it came to the third power, which is called ignorance. And in the power questioned the soul, saying, "Where are you going in?" Where are you going in wickedness? In wickedness are you bound. But you are bound and and do not judge. And the soul said, well, why do you judge me? Although I I have not judged. I was bound, and though I have not bound, I was not recognized. But I have recognized that the all is being dissolved, both the earthly things and the heavenly. And when the soul had overcome the third power, it went upwards and saw the fourth power, which took seven forms. The first form is darkness, the second is desire, the third is ignorance, the fourth is the excitement of death, and the fifth is the kingdom of the flesh, the sixth is the foolish wisdom of the flesh, and the seventh is the wrathful wisdom. These are the seven powers of wrath. They ask the soul, Whence do you come, slayer of men? Or where are you going, conqueror of space? And the soul answered and said, What binds me has been slain, and what turns me about has been overcome, and my desire has been ended, and ignorance has died. In a world I was released, from a world and in a type, and from a heavenly type, and from the and from the fetter of oblivion, which is transient. And from this time on, I will attain to the rest of the time of the season of the aeon in silence. And when Mary had said this, she fell silent, since it was to this point that the Savior had spoken with her. But Andrew answered and said to the brethren, Say what you wish about what she has said. I at least do not believe that the Savior said this, for certainly these teachings are strange ideas. And Peter answered and spoke concerning these same things. He questioned them about the Savior. Did he really speak privately with a woman and not openly to us? And as we turn about and all listen to her, did he prefer her to us? And then Mary wept and said to Peter, my brother Peter, what do you think? Do you think that I thought all this up by myself in my heart or that I am lying about the Savior? Levy answered and said to Peter, Peter, you have always been hot-tempered. Now I see you contending against the woman like the adversaries. But if the Savior made her worthy, who are you indeed to reject her? Surely the Savior knows her very well, and that is why he loved her more than us. And rather, let us be ashamed and put on the perfect man, and separate and separate as he commandeth us, and preach the gospel, not laying down any other rule. And um, and so they went forth and, and adopted her gospel according to this. Now, the important thing about this this is that it is the descent and the ascent. If I, you, you see what I'm what I, what I mean? Yeah, you know one thing I noticed. Uh, and uh, forms really correspond to the seven power, power uh, seven uh, the seven planets starting with the moon. Darkness, uh, yeah, that's yeah. the moon is dark. Uh, second, desire. Uh, I don't know how that would correspond with uh, Mercury and Venus. Uh, well, certainly of course well, Venus, but Venus certainly uh, uh, but, with uh, Venus. But I, yeah, yeah, with Venus, obviously. But uh, no, I think that that, that this 
frankly, it looks like, uh, and I'm not trying to be scholarly here, but but it it has it looks like this was, as I said, that this was written, I, I think, after John's Apocalypse was in circulation. I think that that John's Apocalypse probably circulated in manuscript, and and whoever wrote down this this Gospel of Mary. Uh, probably had the apocalypse sitting right beside beside him when he wrote it down. Doesn't it sound that way to you? Because John, uh, you read about these seals, but you don't really know how to ascend when you're reading the seals. And it took a lot of other people meditating later saying, how can we do this? But everything follows the Get yourself a little closer to the phone, Michael. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're starting to break up here. So get get your voice a little closer to the phone. Uh, and uh, now, now, uh, yeah, let's let's okay. talk a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about some of the other uh, the other aspects. Uh, I think eating the little book. Remember eating the little book? Yeah, the hidden man. Eat the little book and the little you eat the little book. Hey, eat the little book and the little book is is. It's it's sweet in your mouth and bitter in your belly. Well, that that's nice, isn't it? Because the little book, uh, the little book has has uh, has all has basically has all the all the uh, the elements of the bigger book. But but you and you consume it, and and it is it's sweet it's sweet as it goes down. But then when it then it sours in your tummy, and uh, this is what you have to you have to cure on the way up. Uh, now, um, also too, uh, the uh, uh, I was thinking that that in the course of all of this, uh, uh, John's anger against uh, against lust and against women. Now, granted, we we should overcome. We should in order to, in order to 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 uh, have have the transcendental experience. We need to overcome our passions. We know that, and and uh, and obviously for good meditation, we need to be able to transmute uh, the, 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 our, our passions. But I really find that that as I say, his his fulminating against women, and yet at the same time, he he is the one who talks about about the woman going out into the desert, and she's pregnant, and she's giving, and, and this this seems to indicate Jesus's child. And, and right then, she, yeah, she, it's she, even possible she's, that Jesus never saw that son. What? It's even possible she had to flee. It's possible that um, she left with the child right when Jesus was right after Jesus came down from the cross or was put on the cross. Yeah, and uh, and then she escapes into the desert, and the dragon the dragon chases her. She escapes into the desert, and she is provided with a pair of eagle's wings, and she escapes from the dragon. And uh, and this this seems to indicate uh, yeah that that to indicate Jesus's child uh, and 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 predicted that that it's supposed to be a male child and uh, so here again we we don't know uh, we 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 don't have we're we're still waiting for some evidence that Jesus had had a male child oh we 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 seem to think. Uh, that he had a we a female a female child named Sarah, that that's a tradition. But uh, yeah. you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this new book that's actually coming out, this old gospel, uh, it's it's probably again it's it's not as it's probably written about the same time as the Gospel of Mary, about a hundred years after um, the Book of Revelations. It actually has Jesus having two sons. Uh, the Sarah tradition uh, was strongly promoted in the Grail Kings, but the notion that Jesus didn't have sons is um, kind of a new one that they were using because um, how are you going to have a Y chromosome? And I'm sure the authors were thinking this. How are you going to have God's Y chromosome? If Jesus is the son of God, then what kind of chromosome does he have? Is it going to match ours or not? So they got around that problem by just to having a daughter. So you don't have Jesus having um, patrilineal descendants, but it does it does appear, and it seems reasonable that he did. In fact, based on Isaiah and the prophecy, that I, I think Jesus was actually consciously trying to fill the role of Messiah. Um, he was going to die, and one of the things that the Messiah needed to do before he died was have children. And uh, he yeah. was supposed to um, he was supposed to while he was um, being persecuted to death, he was supposed to 
Isaiah said that he will see his seed. So if Jesus wanted to fulfill these prophecies, he could not possibly do it without having children. So one of the first things that would have been on his mind is, okay, I need to have some heirs. And even though we don't hear about them, how often do you hear about Einstein's wife or um, Abraham Lincoln's wife or George Washington's wife? They were there, but they weren't predominant as far as um, affecting history in a way that um, we customarily think about them. It doesn't mean that they weren't there. And just because Mary's not directly mentioned in the four Gospels as being his wife, it probably was taken out if it was in there. It's very strongly hinted the way that Mary interacts with Jesus, um, not coming to the door, when he's there, but Martha goes to the door and she's waiting. That's something a wife would do. A wife would wait until her husband called her in Hebrew tradition uh, when Mary and Martha are in the house. So uh, Jesus was very obviously married. If you're going to be a rabbi, uh, these guys weren't popes. Um, they, they were not virgin popes like um, the, the Catholic Church has today. Being married was sort of a, a prerequisite if you wanted to be a rabbi with any um, prestige at all. So in order for any Jews to accept him, which they did, one of the requirements Jesus had to fulfill to be accepted by at least part of that community, he had to be married. And you never hear about anybody knocking him for not being married because he was married. Yeah. Well, I think I think you know most of us most of us kind of kind of hewed in this direction. Now, now of course we're our our uh, uh, our form of uh, Christianity, which which we extol in our tradition, is is Marcus is that of Marcus the Valentinian. And and as we know, uh Marcus had a priestess who uh and, and they that when they did communion they uh they uh, the priestess held a pitcher of clear water and she poured that uh she poured that clear water into the goblet and then it turned it looked like it turned into blood because Marcus Marcus put the he he put dehydrated wine down a wine concentrate down in the stem of the, of the goblet. So when she poured it in, it looked like it turned into blood, which also replicated uh, the shrine of the Faka and that phenomenon. Plus, uh, you know, the, the the blood of the blood of Jesus, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, you know, it's been pointed out that 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 Jesus wasn't the only one to have. Uh, have uh, uh, a, a consort who was also his priestess. Simon Magus did the same thing, and you know he got a he got a a, a, a woman out of a brothel in Tyre and and declared that she was uh, Helena, reincarnation of Helen of Troy and the fallen thought of God, and uh, and and so Jesus, you know, has Mary Magdalene uh, who. Uh, I guess for the same reason was declared to be a fallen woman at one point. She probably wasn't, but I mean, you know, uh, at least he was declared that uh, that that was one interpretation. So this whole idea, uh, you know, this is one of the reasons why, as I why I am upset with John of Patmos, uh, who wrote uh, the Book of Revelation, that he couldn't have somehow or other he couldn't manage to. To uh, uh, handle this uh, this husband and wife team uh, of uh, or husband and, and consort team uh, representing uh, the old Baal of Starte even and then and in 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 a, in a more modern way at that point why he couldn't handle that I guess uh, fear of women or whatever but in, in a way it makes me kind of sympathetic of Crowley. With his with his taking the whore of Babylon and and turning her into a goddess, just because probably uh, uh, Patmos's uh, uh, anti-feminism uh, was 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 offensive to Crowley, even though Crowley himself didn't have a very high opinion of women. <laughs> but still, uh, in this sense, uh, at least he had a high opinion of sex anyway. So that that's why he did that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and and uh, the uh, but but the uh, the whore of Babylon actually represents the city of Rome. I think that's pretty obvious, wouldn't you say so? Uh, there's two theories on that, and I'm I'm not um, partial to either one. Um, Rome is the strongest indication. The second theory is that Jerusalem, as a um, Roman territory, also being surrounded by seven hills, 
I think John's almost, um, he's kind of pointing to both, but um, the symbolism of Rome is really obvious when you look at uh, the whore sitting on the red. Um, that, that's the strongest indication because the whore of Babylon is sitting on top of a red leopard. Uh, leopard was a strong symbol in Roman society. And those uh, the heads of the, the red leopard are very, very obviously referring to the Caesars. So Rome is the strongest indication for um, for the seven yeah. mountains. Rome was founded on seven mountains, as you know. Yeah, right. Now, Zandria does not want me to tell this joke. Oh, boy. She doesn't want me to tell this joke, but I, I have to. The joke, it's too good it's too good not to tell. Now, the, the joke goes this way. Where do you kiss the whore of Babylon? Nowhere. <laughs> you, you don't know? No, no, no. no. Where, where would you kiss, kiss the whore of Babylon, huh? On her uh, apocalypse. On her <laughs> apocalypse. All right. Well, we got it across. All right, I'm sorry, Zandria, but I had to, I had to get that one across, and 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 at least you know that that that's 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 one that uh, that uh, well, <laughs> we have we have we have our resident holy man likes to pull jokes like that, not quite that, perhaps that 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 almost sacrilegious, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, so at least we got off one uh, one laugh line, but uh, now, um, now but, Pope something that you have to point out. Yeah, there is a bride mentioned in the book of Revelations. Drop closer. Right. To, get your, get your okay. mouth closer to the phone. Uh, there, is a bride of Christ, there is a bride of Christ mentioned in the book of Revelations in chapter 21, and it's the New Jerusalem. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. So you know John, to tell me about the... Yeah. Well, go what? on, go on. What do you want me to tell you about? Seven personages or... I want you to talk about those personages. I can't find them. I, uh, you know, my... My my revelations doesn't have any personages in it. Where is this? Well, that was something that um, Clarence Larkin discovered. Um, so I don't forget any. Um, you start. There's seven personages, and it starts with um, the mother who's pregnant with child. Now I think that John was influenced by the Canaanite tradition. He kind of throws things around, but the good thing is I figured out a way to to put them back. But the first personage is, is the mother with child, so that's Mary Magdalene. But Mary Magdalene is an archetype. Uh, John was um, er- everything in the Book of Revelations was filled, fulfilled pretty much in John's time, and now we can just use it as a spiritual pattern to open ourselves up. We see all sorts of crazy people trying to make the apocalypse happen again and again and again every generation. Yeah. But uh, it happened then. But um, if you take it, you, you have the mother who's pregnant with child, so that's the start date. She brings forth. Um, Bell, so that's the man-child. Every she brings back. back. Um, so that, the, the man-child is the second figure. The third figure is the dragon, which obviously corresponds with Little Pan. Um, and then after, after that, we have um, the beast who comes out of the sea. Now, um, Dagon was associated with coming out of the sea, so that, that would be him. Uh, but it's not, it, it's not our... Um, it, it, it's, our good Dagon in our order, but I'll get to that in two seconds. After that, you have um, the second beast who comes out of the earth, um, who's responsible for setting up all those deaths. So that's Moe. He's the criminal. Then you have the whore of Babylon sitting, beast who comes out of the city. The whore of Babylon, in this case, we have Tanit. She's supposed to ride the dragon, but what is happening in the book of Revelation? She's not riding the dragon who sits underneath. She's riding Dagon, the beast out of the sea. Dagon's supposed to be in Jupiter, and Tanit's supposed to be in the moon. Um, so what we have here is we have the moon on top of Jupiter. So in other words, our most base portion of our, our sexual self, our lusty self, is ruling our fortune self, and that becomes greed. So um, if we have Tanit riding Dagon rather than the dragon, the way to fix that is to put Tanit underneath on the moon, and then allow Dagon and Jupiter to be on top. And that's, that's what is being done wrong. We sort of have, um, if we want to move through the revelations taking a spiritual journey, what we have to, to look at these things as, this is a representation that we need to overcome. And we need to see uh, Dagon not as this vicious Philistine uh, opposing the Israelite-Canaanite alliance that Shamgar set up, but uh, view Dagon as his core element, which is uh, a god of good fortune and wisdom and, and plenty. Um, so that that gets um, let's see we've got uh, we, we've got the women the Astarte we've got the manchild Baal uh, we've got uh, Tanit as, as Babylon we've got Dagon as um, as uh, as Jupiter 
then we've got uh, Saturn, so that uh, as moat. And then um, that just leaves us with uh, we've got to get Mars and um, Mercury fulfilled. And Kusor's name, his full name is Kusor Ukasis, which means Mercury and Mars. So Michael, who, who's the seventh character? It's Michael. Michael. When did you? Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! When, when did you figure out that that uh, Cassis, uh, that Kusor and Kusor and Cassis uh, relates to Mars? Uh, the Kusor. No, Kusor means Mercury. Kusor means Mercury, but Kusor and yeah. full name means Mercury and Mars. So Mars, so that's Mercury as the weapon. Were you communicating? Of, were you communicating with me telepathically when I had when I had Kusor when I had Kusor marrying Anath secretly? Uh, you actually said that verbally. So <laughs> I won't take credit for getting on sync with you there. But I figured out Michael. We associate him with Mercury, but. Michael and his angels, if we're having two angels, that would be Kusor and Anoth. Mercury associated with Kusor and Mars associated with Anoth. And that way you get through your whole pantheon. You have your seven beings and you have your um, seven Canaanite deities. You have your seven, you have your seven um, personages that John mentions corresponding with your seven Canaanite deities associated with the planet. So it works out really nice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that does. Yeah, yeah, well... Now, these personages, what are they called in my in my regular King James? Um, the first one is going to be the woman. Um, the second one is going to be uh, the man-child. Uh, the third one is going to be the dragon. See, the fourth one is the first beast. The fifth one is the second beast. The sixth one is uh, Lady Babylon. And then the seventh one is Michael. Yeah, okay. Yeah, seven personages. All right, and that, well, that 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 is that's really significant. And I and I, and I appreciate the good work on that, boy. Uh, actually, uh, the the uh, other thing I want to want to uh, you know get into here is the that that the apocalypse the apocalypse uh, uh, is thought by a lot of people. Uh, to predict the end of the world, as you know, and yeah. and uh, it, it it you know I I I never have been able to see it that way. I've always seen it like well, like you know, this is this is the beginning and the end of a human life that we're talking about, right? Yeah, that's that gets into the spiritual aspect of um, the book of yeah. Revelations, and it it makes more sense. Everybody always thinks, you know, it's always the end of something in our lives. There's always um, the old age of what was before us is passing away as we march to that light at the end of the tunnel. And the only way to understand Revelation is I really like what Swedenborg does. I, I usually, I think you and I agree, Swedenborg is a little bit too spiritual for your taste, my taste, just about everybody's. Everything is good. Everything is true. He makes all these super positive correspondences. The area I really like Swedenborg in, is when he tackles the book of Revelations as far as the spiritually opening book. And he takes that journey himself through a year in his life. And he really um, he really makes the book all of a sudden come to life in a way where you're not so scared of the book. You're starting to see everything as a spiritual system that can correspond to your life and where you want to take yourself in the afterlife. And the only way to do that is to apply it to your life now but not in a way where you're destroying your, the whole world. What you want to do is get rid of the bad aspects yourself and get every chakra so it's lined up, so it's um, working in its proper function. So, um, well, this is kind of like what Zachary Lansdowne is trying to do in this in this version that he has. He's making all these these uh, uh, this violence and everything uh, purgative. He, he's uh, seeing it as psychologically purgative. Uh, uh, Zachary Lansdowne's book. I don't mean to uh, criticize it too much. It is a knockoff on Pricey. That's obvious, and he doesn't give Pricey as much credit as he should. Uh, and uh, but but he has a lot of insights in there uh, that he's drawing from Jung, and and he his take is that all of this hostile stuff that John's talking about is really. Uh, work that you're doing, purification work that you're, you should be doing on yourself. Is that sort of going on with Swedenborg? Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. read Swedenborg, and it becomes a spiritual book you can apply to yourself. It's a, it's a beautiful vision, and it's really the only way to read it. 
when John wrote the book of Revelation, there's, there's three types of interpretation of the book of Revelation. One is historical, um, the second is futuristic, and the third is spiritual. The only way, everything in the book of Revelation, uh, there's been a lot of scholarly work, everything that John was dealing with, it's pretty, everything was fulfilled historically in his day. Just like the book mm-hmm. of Daniel, there's this whole expectation a lot of people have before um, Jesus came that the, that the Messianic age would, you know, the Messiah would be born of David, yet come out of heaven. And it was something so spectacular that it could never really happen exactly as it was happening in visions, because visions are just spiritual correspondences of what happens on the earthly plane. So yeah. if you understand John's talking about his time, the only way to make revelations really come to life is realize he was helping everyone spiritually open up in his generation. We can do the same thing with the book of Revelation, taking it so we can cleanse out all of our gunk, going, breaking our seven seals, and allowing these, um, these pods to flower, because that's what we want um, our chakras to do. We want them to flower, we want them to open up, and yeah. uh, we want to take them, we want to let them grow. And uh, that happens by um, we meditate and we work through each one, and as we work each of our chakras in meditation, then we can start getting them to open up. Yeah, you're right. And 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 then we can. I, I was thinking that we could apply the laws of old, uh, which are all "thou shalt" instead of "thou shalt nots," and we could apply the laws of old to each one of them as we go up, sort of as a as a, uh, a corrective and a purgative for the bad aspects of each one of them. And that might not be a bad idea too. But uh, now. Uh, you know, uh, I think we've thrown out, you and I both have uh, thrown out a lot of very, very interesting, controversial stuff tonight. And, and this, this whole thing is, of course, is, is controversial. Uh, and, and of course, we're all waiting for that new lost gospel to show up. But, uh, I think what we ought to do is, is, uh, next week, next week, let's have a, let's have a, an open call in. You know, we've been we've been kind of restricting our incoming calls in the last uh, year or so. So this next week, especially after a controversial show like this, let's have an open call in anybody that uh, all of our listeners that if you have any questions about any of these things we've been covering uh, in the in this whole sequence on the yoga, and of course also going into the Book of Revelations and and whatever. Frederick Solomon, you can call back in next week, can't you? Yes, absolutely. Let's field some questions, because I know people are going to have them. have been probably building up. And uh, so, until next week, thanks again, Predator Solomon, and uh-huh. good magic.